It seems like virtually every podcaster that I've ever met thinks whenever they talk about monetization, that equals sponsorships. And that may or may not be true, but today we're going to start a very important series about sponsorships and podcasts, and I'm going to fill you in on all you need to know to figure out what could work for you and allow you to tap into a sponsorship revenue stream for your show. So let's dive in. So the real question is this, how can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hi there. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. My name is Christy Hostler. Thank you for joining me today. I am very excited to begin this. I'm going to do a deep dive series about sponsorships because it is a big, hairy, obtuse, unknown, and so many podcasters absolutely think it's the holy grail. And it may be, or it may just be one more source of revenue for podcasters, but they don't know all the nuances of it and the ins and outs and what you should expect and what's reasonable and what isn't. And so today I'm going to start with very basic stuff to get you started. And then I'm going to be releasing uh, content very, very frequently so we can get all of this sponsorship information out of the way. And I will go ahead and tell you that I've got, I'm working on something very, very special. I can't talk about it right yet, but as we get deeper into these sponsorship episodes, I'll finally be able to point where I can reveal um, something that we're rolling out very soon that I think is going to help a lot of people get every dollar they can out of sponsorship opportunities. So excited about that. I can't say much more about it right now. So in case you don't know who I am, my name is Christy Hostler, and I have a podcast production company. I am a podcaster. I've been podcasting for a while now. And the good news is, the reason I'm qualified to talk about podcast monetization is because I have made over a million dollars podcasting. So it can be done. There are plenty of other people that are doing it. And I don't want you to think that podcasting equals hobby equals not just doesn't make money, but cost you every bit of money that you have in your savings account either. So come along, join us for the ride because we're talking all things sponsorships today. Now, there's a couple of things you need to know about sponsorships. There are, I like to categorize it as three basic types of sponsorship. And some of them, I'm going to talk about them with the category name. And then some of them can also be categorized by the technology and the vehicle that delivers the ad. So I don't want you to be confused. I don't want to get too technical on you. But I see it all the time in the Facebook groups. Everyone comes in there and says, I'm on my fifth episode. When can I start looking at sponsors? Or how many downloads do I need in order to get a sponsor? Or more excitedly, they come in and say, oh my God, you guys, I just had a company reach out to me and they want to be our first sponsor. So all of these things happen to podcasters, which is fantastic because I say anytime you can make money with your podcast, you definitely should unless there's just some sort of moral or ethical reason not to. I mean, 
you don't hate money, do you? I don't either. So I think more money and more uh, revenue coming in from your podcast is always a good thing. The goal with me is to have enough to be able to support lifestyle freedom for myself, create as many jobs, creating lifestyle freedom for other people, and then being able to give back to the causes that are important to me and my family. So with sponsorship, there are basically three types. The first kind is traditional sponsorships. And traditional sponsorships are probably the bulk of the revenue dollars that you see reported in podcast um, stats and statistics whenever they talk about like the Edison Infinite Dial uh, podcast numbers and all the advertising dollars and all of those things that are going on. They're talking mostly about traditional sponsorships. And I'll tell you a little bit more about them in a minute. The second kind of sponsorship is a non-traditional sponsorship. And it's kind of just the same type of thing as, as traditional sponsorship, but it's not set up quite the same way as far as how you as a podcaster get paid. And the third type is dynamically inserted ads. And I'm going to put this category on here loosely. I don't really know what else to call it, but dynamic ad insertion is a technology, but it's also a method. I'm going to give you examples of each one of these as we go through here as well. So for traditional sponsorships, it's basically a type of CPM base, which is cost per melee or for you lay podcasters, it is how much, what dollar amount will an advertiser pay you per thousand? Many people are familiar with this um, kind of concept with YouTube. They might not really realize that they're familiar with the concept, but they know that if you're a YouTuber, you get paid based on how many people watch your videos or how many people subscribe to your videos and then watch your videos. And so it's basically a few cents per view. And that's really the same way it works out for downloads as well. So right now, average CPM rates, the going rate for uh, paying for a thousand downloads is probably somewhere between 25 and $35. And that's if you're doing traditional, you know, sponsorships where basically you have a relationship with the sponsor, they give you talking points, you personally as a host read the ad, and there is some sort of established endorsement that you are making of that product. That's a very traditional sponsorship. And normally what happens with those is the sponsor says, yes, I want to buy in for this many episodes or for this many downloads or, or for this length of time. And you work out based on your average and that sort of thing, what the cost is going to be, and that's how you make your money. The pros of this type of sponsorship is that it is the model that most ad agencies use. So it's also the model that most companies who advertise on podcasts are used to using. So it borrows from the old radio model of essentially sort of the share of wallet type thing or share of ear, I guess is what they call it like of a particular area where a radio station used to broadcast to what percentage of the population listens to that particular radio station. If I have 40% share of ear for a geographic area, then I can say if we get 100,000 listens, uh, there's 100,000 people population in this area, and we have 40% share of ear, that means we can count on 40,000 people hearing your advertisement, and you pay us a certain price 
place for that. Well, the same thing happens with podcasters, but what happens because podcasting is very user-generated listening, so people are choosing their content, they're actually physically having to download is very different than getting in the car where a radio is already on and happening to drive during a certain time and hear content that runs by you that you're not really half paying attention to. So it's a very different thing, and I feel like it's not a great thing to model on for the radio because it's a very different relationship that you as a podcaster have with your audience. The cost of traditional sponsorship, another pro is that you understand before you even get into a contract what a person or what a company is paying per thousand downloads. And that's per thousand downloads generally in the first 30 days that a show has been released. So that's what an advertiser would be paying for. The cons are you need much higher numbers than you really think to get a sponsor interested. So for example, if I had a thousand downloads of an episode the first 30 days after it releases, that would be pretty good. It would put me in a very high quartile of podcasters that reach that level. I mean, it would be like in the, you know, the upper 15% of podcasters. But even then, only 1,000 listens in 30 days is going to net me anywhere from $25 to $35. That seems kind of petty, doesn't it? Right? So, just put it all in perspective. The other part is, is that you feel undervalued whenever you accept $25 for getting a thousand listens because, or a thousand downloads, because you know how hard it was to get that, break that thousand uh, and to have a thousand within 30 days. It's not even talking about a thousand during the month. A thousand during the month includes your podcast archive. So you have to look at the ones that you just released in the last 30 days and see where those are. The model does not hold much value for your ability to influence your audience as well. Like I said, it's based on the radio model. And the other part is that sponsors would rather have a few ad contracts on big shows to hit big numbers than to have many more contracts getting smaller numbers because their cost to manage a contract is the same regardless of the amount of exposure it has. So they could go and pay $50,000 an episode based on Joe Rogan's numbers because he gets $3.2 million or whatever it is, a million listeners per uh, every time he releases a show. And they could buy time on his show and essentially spend $50,000 and manage one ad contract. And they would do rather do that than going out and trying to find 500 shows that get them 1,000 listeners and now managing 500 contracts. So it's not, you know, again, best on for for the advertisers to, to deal with small numbers. That's why they like to have big numbers that they're looking at. So a non-traditional sponsorship is one where you essentially ignore the CPM model. Now, this can be a lot more valuable for the podcaster. But what you have to do is you have to decide based on the number of downloads, based on the sort of the following that you have, it becomes a little more ambiguous. What do you charge? And I see this all the time in the Facebook groups, people saying, what should I charge a podcast? I mean, a company wants to sponsor my podcast. What should I charge? 
They have no idea how to price it. And some people go crazy and price it like, well, it's a thousand dollars an episode. And the company that was wanting to advertise is selling like lip balm or something that is like a three dollar product. And it's going to take them a lot of conversions to <laughs> to get an ROI on the money they paid you to advertise. So you have to be careful with non-traditional. You need to find a company that aligns very well that you can bring value to so you can get a higher amount of revenue per ad. You can also negotiate. Sometimes companies that have never advertised on podcasts before will be open to this and you can just tell them like a per episode price based on what you feel is reasonable and see if it works for them and also what their lifetime value of a customer is also very important for you to know in this equation. Because if, if I'm selling solar panels and the lifetime value of a customer that I would bring on would be twenty-five dollars or $30,000, you know, paying $25 per episode is not necessarily going to be the right thing, the right fit for the lifetime value of that product. By the same token, you don't want a company paying, you know, $500 per episode when all they're trying to do is advertise a book that's being published and that book sells for $7 or $10 or $20 or whatever, because you have to have so many more conversions. But you want to find out, you know, what their products are, what their businesses are selling and sort of what their lifetime value is of the customer, or even guesstimate what it is, and then decide, you know, how many people do you think you could point to them from your listening audience that would convert into a customer? Could you get them one customer a month? Could you get them two customers a month? Could you get them 10 or 20? Then, you need to decide what that is worth to them and they need to decide and they probably already know what they can pay to acquire a customer. So if you said I can get you, I'll charge you $250 an episode, but based on what I've done in the past or how my offers convert, I feel like every time an episode goes out, you're going to get at least 10 people that are going to want your product they can determine how what their cost is per lead. It's like $25 per lead, right? If they pay $250 to you for an advertisement. But $25 per lead is not good if they're selling an, a book that's $19, right? They're paying more for that customer than that customer will bring in on the front end. But if they're selling solar systems or they're selling a higher end product or some software or something where there's a recurring revenue model where they're going to continue to bring in revenue over the lifetime of their uh, lifetime customer, then what will happen is it becomes more valuable. So you try to, you have to look at those things and sort of negotiate with them. Uh, you have to decide, you have to make it a win for the advertiser, but you also have to make it a win for you. It does allow you to have more flexible terms. If you have a big Instagram following or a big social media following, um, maybe that even dwarfs what your podcast following is, you can leverage those assets in with promotion for a sponsor in a very non-traditional way. And it also is a way on the pros side of non-traditional sponsorship. It can be a perfect way for a very niche podcast with a highly desirable audience to go ahead and monetize with sponsorships. This, the least amount of ep, uh, downloads I've ever seen monetized in the non-traditional advertising way is I had a guy one time that was in the security business. And so his podcast was about security guards. And he had a company that wanted to advertise with him that did some kind of 
I don't know if it was a flashlight or some sort of physical product or something that was specifically made for that security type industry. And he was able to get them to pay him like $500 a month or something, something uh, that they just decided on that was fair. And they had monetized their podcast with only 350 downloads per month. That was his average that he was getting. But he was he had a sponsor that was fully you know, happy with what he was doing. And they were obviously bringing in customers and he didn't need 10,000 downloads per episode to monetize. And he had more than covered the cost of production. And now he had positive cash flow coming in from his podcast. So it doesn't take big numbers when you have a small niche. And especially if you have a client or a, a company that really that is their ideal customer as well. And you can connect the two. So the cons to non-traditional sponsorships, it's harder to find companies willing to go this route because it is so obtuse and sort of undefined and it's sort of up to you to bring them a proposal and you know they may or may not go for it. So you got to find the value there. The other thing is it's very important that you price it so that the advertiser gets an ROI. I had a client one time that knew that certain companies were going through uh, advertising agencies to get ad space. And he knew he had a, a lot of downloads, but what he did is he went to them to negotiate directly. He went to the company directly and said, look, I know you're used to using advertising agencies for this, but I think I can bring you value and blah, 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 blah. And he negotiated essentially like a 45, what amounted to a $45 CPM with his sponsorship proposal. With the advertising agencies, they were only getting 25 to $28, I think, CPM um, from the same company. So he got a bigger slice. He got a bigger CPM and he got a bigger amount of payments. But that company also had a way of tracking every single conversion. So you know what happened? Because he was also the most expensive podcast they were advertising on. What happened was after one month, he didn't make the cut to get renewed for that contract because they weren't getting an ROI. They ran their numbers and he didn't have enough conversions to justify paying him $45 CPM. Now, it was good while the money lasted, but would he have been better to get a lower CPM and have it for longer because he could have provided value at that time? You know, it's just something you have to think about. The other thing is it's very difficult sometimes for podcast sponsors to when they get in a non-traditional way of, of advertising and you feel like you as a podcast are getting the value from them and they're paying you well for the ad space. Sometimes it's hard to justify raising the price of your ads if your downloads increase over time. So sometimes you can get stuck in a lower price contract, even though your audience has grown because it's hard to justify the value. So that is non-traditional sponsorships. Now, dynamic ad insertion. So many times I'm seeing lately in a lot of the podcast groups, the question will come in the group and be posed like this. Hey guys, I was thinking about switching from my podcast host from Libsyn to Anchor because I want to monetize my podcast. And at first blush, you're like, you what? Wait, what does, why does it even make sense? But you have to realize that Anchor has this thing that you can turn on inside of your account, your podcast hosting account, where you can allow Anchor 
who's owned by Spotify, to place ads on your show, you don't read the ads. You don't have anything to do with the ads. They just jam them either at the beginning or the end of your show or somewhere in the middle. They just throw them right in there. And depending on your show and how many downloads you get, they will pay you. Now, these types of CPMs are very, very, very low. I'm talking about like three to four cents per download. I mean, it's not very much at all pennies. But what they do is they get advertisers to pay it because they're spreading the downloads that they need to meet the CPMs across a bunch of different shows. So you might get 200 downloads in a month and great, you're getting paid two cents per download. And now you have 400 cents, which is $4, right? And that's what happens. So people are under the impression that this type of sponsorship is a way to monetize in an effective way. And it's sort of like the lazy way to monetize because you don't know when it's happening. You just turn it on. There's no relationship there. You're not fully leveraging the value of your show or the value of your audience. You're just throwing something in front of them that may or may not apply. And it's sort of like wham, you know, spray and pray, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. But just hit as many people with it as you can, and maybe something will stick eventually. And in the end, uh, there's other companies that do this, like uh, Spreaker does it. I had a client that was on Spreaker, and he was had his, you know, checked for the monetization model. And I think, I mean, he had probably about the average number of downloads. It was like a thousand or so per month. And I think the most he ever made was like $12 or whatever from Spreaker. So it's like, it's not a lot. Most of the time, it's barely enough to even cover your hosting cost. Now with Anchor, there is no hosting cost. So there's that. Um, but at the same time, you're not ever going to really be able to pay your bills on that type of monetization. And some people, I will say this with podcasters, some people are willing to take any money even if it costs them more in time to manage that or whatever than, than they've even thought about. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I saw a few days ago and uh, someone was asking a question in a Facebook group and somebody said, oh, just have, just tell them to pay you 20 bucks or whatever and start there and at least you're making something. And it's like, you know, think about it like this. If you're negotiating with an advertiser and you've got to, uh, understand what their product is. You've got to be able to make a pitch to your audience for the product. Then you've got to record that pitch for your their product and you've got to be convincing about it. And then you've got to edit that into your show. And then if their talking points change or if for some reason they're not happy with the output of the, the podcast ad, they might ask you to redo it again. Um, those types of things happen very frequently. So you end up having to spend a lot of time managing these types of relationships for uh, $20 is not worth it. It's not worth it for your time. It's not worth it for your listen to interrupt your listeners uh, time for $20. Now, whenever John Lee Dumas, if you've heard of him, started uh, podcasting and finally started getting podcast sponsorships, uh, he had a rule that he would not impose, let's just call it that, on his listeners 
for less than $500. Like that was his threshold. So if there was a way for him to make podcast money that did not equal $500, he would walk away from it because he was like, you know what, that is the, what I'm putting on the value of my listener's time. And so he, he put that in place himself. Uh, at the same time, I will tell you that there are many predatory companies that want to flatter a podcaster with a sponsorship offer. Some of them are in the headphone space, maybe even the microphone space, maybe even some other little techie kind of space. Uh, I've even seen it before, like with cheap sunglasses or, or whatever, where a company approaches you and is like, hey, we want to sponsor your show. What we're wanting you to do is um, we want you to talk about our podcast or our company on your podcast, and we will send you some free product. So we'll send you a pair of our headphones. Or we'll send you a, you know, cheap microphone or we'll send you a cheap pair of sunglasses and all you got to do is talk about it. I don't ever recommend a podcaster doing that because what you are going to be doing is putting an ad in your show that will live on your feed forever. And that company never paid a dime for it. And you have to consider that. And in another episode, I'm going to talk specifically about um, some ways that you can use technology to not give away the farm when you're podcasting. But I want you to kind of understand uh, some basic frameworks before we even get to the more technical parts of it, because these types of sponsorships are not for everyone. Like the, the vast majority of podcasters that get less than a thousand downloads per month would probably be most interested in the monetization model like, oh, Podcorn, or let me just put my podcast on a podcast host that's going to monetize it for me, kind of like they do with YouTube, uh, where you don't ever have to record an ad, you just put it up and they just, you know, interrupt your content with ads. That's what they would like, and they would make, like to make big money from that, but there's not big money in it. There's other people that are working on downloads and they're getting more downloads and they're growing their audience so that they can then qualify for traditional sponsorship. Traditional sponsorships, to be honest, to get it, you're going to have to most of the time go through an advertising agency probably to start. It's going to be difficult to negotiate um, with p companies on your own whenever many companies only exclusively go through advertising agencies. So it's going to take probably at least 30,000 plus downloads a month get a traditional sponsorship. So those are the kind of numbers you need to be uh, talking about. Some people will say uh, like mid-roll is a big advertising agency. And unless you get 10,000 downloads per episode within 30 days of releasing a show, they won't even talk to you. Uh, there have been some companies that have tried to come out and deal with people that get less than 10000 a month. But what ends up happening is the cost of dealing with so many podcast sponsors, because here's the other thing. Think about it like this. Whenever you have an ad agency, they get a cut of the CPM. So if you're getting $25 for 1,000 downloads and the ad agency is going to go out and recruit and get you advertisers and you get 1,000 downloads in a month, that means the ad agency is going to take 40% of that $25 and you get 60% of that $25. And that's not enough money for the advertising agencies to do their job. 
So that's why there is a minimum threshold there that you have to hit because it's not worth anybody's time. And, you know, like I say, John Lee Dumas said $500. You might say, unless I net $100, it's not worth my while. So I'm not going to put anything in front of my audience unless I get $100. Some people might say 200 or 250 whatever that number is, but get you a number. So at least you have a marker that you're going to not bend below. So I do not think that it's a bad thing at all to get sponsorships. What I bow up a little bit over is for podcasters to feel like that is the first way, only way or easiest way to monetize their podcast. And it's really, it's none of those things. And to be honest, the people that have podcast sponsorships, many times, even though they are making money from the advertisements, they still feel like they're not getting the most value for the work that they're doing. And so it's a very disappointing feeling to feel like you worked all this hard to get podcast sponsorships and now you've got them and you still feel like it's not enough for the amount of work you're doing. So that's why as in strategy, getting sponsorships is just one part of multiple revenue streams for your podcast. And if you want to start looking for, if you got a niche podcast, non-traditional sponsorships are probably going to be where you start. And you want to look at companies that you're using to help do whatever it is you do. Like if you, when we talk about the who you serve and how do you serve them, if you are a therapist and you serve people who are trying to adopt children or something like that, there might be an agency or something like that that you would have relationships with that would also be looking for getting in front of people that want to adopt children so that they can kind of fill their pipeline up with leads and have, you know, more adoptions to help or something. And so you want to find uh, look at look at sort of who you already do business with and who you already depend on to source some of your specialty things that you have to use for your niche and see if any of those people would want to get in front of your audience too. Because if if you as a podcaster are their ideal customer and your show is about what you do in your business and that those same people that do that are your ideal customer or listener you know, hopefully listener turning into customer, then you will also have the same target audience as some of these companies that you're using. So approaching them about some sort of a sponsorship is not a bad idea at all. And you can do it in the non-traditional way. And there's a lot of ways to do it. And there's no right way. There's no wrong way. It's just what you can work out between you and the company. I hope that gives you a little bit of background today. I hope you understand um, sponsorships more and sort of the value hierarchy of sponsorships. I would say more money is made through traditional sponsorships overall because there's more people doing it. But non-traditional give you sort of a higher per episode revenue generated. And then the lowest of the hierarchy is the dynamic ad insertion where you have no relationship and no really knowledge that you've even even got ads thrown in on your podcast. So this is a sort of a warm up for sponsors. And again, I'm going to be announcing something very soon about how you can get more information and how you can really prepare for sponsorships and it's coming. So 
can't say much about it yet, but it's it's so, so exciting. And I can't wait to be able to share this information with you because I've sat back over the last year and watched it all play out. And it's just been amazing. So anyway, that's coming. But I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you want to connect with me, um, you want to go to teampodcast.com if you need any help with your podcast. And then if you want to join other podcasters who are looking to monetize their show, share ideas and help each other out, you can join our private Facebook group at Podcast Monetization Secrets. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and let me know how I can help you in the future. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash podcast monetization secrets and click the button to join. And then I'll see you on the inside.